Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? Uh, what's going on? Welcome to DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Today, we're going to talk about Kanye West. Um, yes, Mr. Yeezus, Air Yeezy, and Yeezy this and Yeezy that. So we're going to talk about Kanye West's new album, Donda. Uh, and I'm going to talk to you about some things you're not going to hear about in mainstream media, kind of breaking down Kanye, Donda, uh, Kanye's billions, uh, how he got to be a billionaire, what Donda had to do with it, and some things about Donda West, his mama, that you may not know. So we're going to have a real intelligent black conversation about this issue, and I'm going to break it down for you. So get comfortable. Hit the thumbs up button right now. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to coach out for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down beyond Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On DrBoyceTV.com in the Black Financial Channel, we have conversations hey, amongst intelligent black people. We have conversations amongst black people who are B1. B1 means you're black first. That means you put your community at the top of your priority list. B1 means that uh, we believe we must be one to be successful. We know that this is true. And also B1 means that we understand that our kids, B1 kids, are going to lead the world when it comes to economics, wealth building, and all things intelligent and black and powerful. And so by the year 2070, the year 2070 is the year it's going to happen. That's what we call Project 2070. If you agree with this philosophy, if this makes sense to you, put a hashtag B in the number one in the chat, hashtag b one B1 is what we believe in. We believe in putting ourselves first. So let's get it started. Let's get it cracking. I want to say hello to Donna and Martin and B2Ray and Chris and everybody else and everybody on Instagram. My Instagram is The Real Boyce Watkins. What's up to you guys on the Black Boss channel? If you want to hear what black men think, Jeff Lighty Jr. and a lot of other smart people on the Black Boss channel, subscribe. Uh, TheBlackBossChannel.com. Black men need media. Black men need a voice. So please support that. Be a part of that because we try to do we try to do the best we can with what we got and we're making it big and we're making an impact. All right. So, uh, Kanye West. Kanye West, uh, he just came out with a new album called Donda. Uh, how many of you knew uh, that Kanye had a new album, uh, Donda? Give me a yes in the chat if you were aware that uh, that Donda is uh, the name of Kanye's latest project and uh, and that it's it, it's coming out. And uh, Donda is kind of the thing, right? Everybody's talking about Donda. I think in Atlanta, they had a listening party for Donda. In Chicago, they had a listening party for Donda. And, and so Kanye's kind of doing the Kanye thing, right? He's being Kanye, being creative and everything else, which is really great. And uh, Kanye, you know, you got to give him credit. The brother has become iconic. He's become uh, just that person you can't ignore. People that hate him, they listen to him just so they can talk about how much they hate him, which means he's pretty much winning. In case you didn't know, your haters can sometimes make you bigger than the people that love you, really. Like energy is energy. And so energy that comes from hate can be as powerful in, in, in enforcing your brand as energy that comes from love. Sometimes the people that love you will sit back and just quietly say, yeah, man, I like you. I think, we, I think what you're doing is cool. But the people that hate you will go out of their way to seek you out and talk about you, which actually makes you bigger. That's a little secret for anybody out here trying to build a brand. It's okay if people hate you. As long as you're not doing nothing shady or unethical to be hated or deliberate. I don't think you should deliberately try to be hated. But it's okay to be the guy that you love to hate. 
Uh, you know, uh, for example, a guy who's come on this platform, Ice Cube. Uh, y'all remember when Ice Cube came on? Ice Cube, if you remember back in the day, Ice Cube had a song where the song was called something like the the N word. I'm, I'm trying not to use the N word, but the 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 the, the jigger you love to hate or the ninja you love to hate. You remember that song? And they were in the course like, talk you Ice Cube, ha ha, come on, punk, it's a ninja you love to hate, <clears throat> right? And and basically he was like. You love to hate me. That's great. That makes me bigger. That makes me shine. That makes me more impactful. If you know the fact that you're taking the time to hate me means that I'm relevant to you, right? Uh, really. So the opposite of love is not hate. Just like in a bad relationship, the opposite of love is not hate. Did anybody know that? How many of y'all knew that? The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference, right? If if you break up with somebody or if they break up with you and you are constantly talking about them and how mad you are at them and you can't get over it and you can't move past it and you wishing death up on them and got little voodoo dolls you sticking the voodoo dolls and 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 telling all your friends how much you can't stand them that don't mean you hate the person you don't really hate them you love them you just have you just taken that energy and it's become something different right you're still connected to that person that's why you're talking about them the people you're not connected to you don't talk about them at all so uh if you ever want to know if i uh, if I really care about somebody, I, I will take the time to either love them or hate them and give them my energy. If I don't talk about them at all, that pretty much means that I have complete total apathy. Apathy is a good word. Ap- apathy means that there's an emotional void relative to that person. They don't exist in my universe. So if you ever want to get over an ex, a little secret uh, for those of you that have you know relationship stuff you go through, get to the point where you have apathy, where somebody can say, well, you know, Tyrone got married to that girl that you, you used to be friends with. And you say, oh, that's so great. I wish them good luck. Good luck, Tyrone. Wow. That's crazy. All oh, good. Good for you. Right. That's when you know you've moved on. All right. So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. All right. So here's the deal. So Kanye's album, how many of you give me a yes or no, know that Donda was named after Kanye's mother, that Donda is the name of Kanye's mother. Uh, anybody know anything about Donda, Donda West? I'm here to talk about uh, the mama, and 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 I, I because I think that the apples, the apples don't fall far from the tree. Now I had one conversation on the phone with Kanye West. I did not call him; he called me. I don't really hang out with celebrities. I don't seek celebrities out. I don't want to be mainstream. Never tried to be mainstream. We are the mainstream. This is the mainstream. We represent the future. Most of our teammates are not even born yet because we are about 50, 100 years ahead of our time. So I do not seek out celebrities. When Ice Cube called me, he looked for my number. <clears throat> when Kanye called me, they looked for my number. When I talked to all these other people, uh, and I love them. Don't get me wrong. I like these guys. These are great guys to talk to. But but I don't I don't, I don't hunt down celebrities because I want you to know you are enough. You know, you're B1. You, you represent the future of the black community. You represent the most intelligent that we have. So <clears throat> they should be seeking your counsel. You should not be seeking theirs. And I, that's just a little pointer to you. Love who you are. You got the gold buried right in your backyard. Don't be chasing, looking around the world to find something that you have right in your lap. So with that being said, I did talk to Kanye one time. And uh, I will say that he's as interesting in person as he is in public. Uh, I won't reveal the nature, every detail of the conversation, but I will say that one thing that was really interesting was um, I was really impressed with the fact that he wanted to talk to Dr. Claude Anderson. Uh, He wanted to uh, connect with Dr. Anderson on Powernomics. And one of the things that I said to Kanye was I said, you know, man, I said one of the things that really and I said this to Kanye and Cube and they both responded very favorably. And I respect them tremendously for this. I said, I'm tired of people celebrities saying that they love Dr. Anderson's work and they're not supporting anything that's happening over there. This man is doing work that is legendary, that is highly impactful. It's more important than any of these buffoons on Capitol Hill, any of these so-called civil rights superstars out here talking a good game, but ain't doing nothing. This man literally spent his life breaking down the game in a way that black people need to understand. That's why powernomics is so impactful when people hear it for the first time. 
you know, when they hear it, it's like he becomes almost like a like a like like the Pope or like a freaking um, Dalai Lama or something. You know, with Charlemagne, with Charlemagne, the God and even Tiffany Haddish found out about poweronomics. They wanted to they flew to his house to just sit with him. Right. I wanted to go to his house. Me and Alicia sat with him and his wife for a long time. Like that man is worth all of that. So basically, my point was, I said, I said, man, you know, I'm tired of people saying that they like something and not not doing anything like not supporting this like like you know see that's why i talk to you guys about it i say look stop don't tell me what you believe show me what you believe show me by your actions right because you think about it where do we put our money we, we give more money to the people that hate us than to the people that love us we give more of our energy to the people that don't that can't stand us than we do to the people that are out here fighting battles for us we honor negroes just because they got put on tv just because some racist son of a bitch put this dude on tv but dude ignorant as hell got eight babies mamas done did all kinds of horrible dirt but you like him because he put out a hit song but he done molested little girls in the neighborhood or whatever and, and but yet you you will give him more of your attention and more of your energy than you'll give the people that are actually fighting for your community that means that we have to have a conscious realignment of our awareness a conscious realignment of where we put our energy a conscious realignment of what we support so i said this i said this to kanye very briefly and he instantly at that moment he got very quiet and i and i thought he i thought we got disconnected and i said hey are you there and uh, he said hold on i'm i'm putting up a tweet and i was like you're tweeting in the middle of our phone call. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Well, you're Kanye West. I guess you do what the what the hell you want to do. And then when he got done, I looked on Twitter and I saw he took an image of Dr. Claude Anderson's book and put something like everyone should read this or something like that and tweeted that to 30 million people. That At that moment, I said, okay, you got my respect. Uh, same thing with Ice Cube. He, he bought, um, we did a 50-50 thing where we bought, each bought a thousand copies of Powernomics to give away to the community. Uh, and he he was right on board. I paid half, he paid half. We got that done, right? And, and so uh, that's one of the things I really like. And what I really would like to see is I would like to see us really double down on that sort of show and prove ideology. You see, one of the problems with hip hop, one of the things that, that, that makes me um, uh, somewhat... Uh, Positively, uh, I want to give a a constructive critique of rappers by saying, "Y'all just talk a lot of shit. Y'all just talk like that's. I don't know if that's just in the the culture. You know, it's it's just something I I wasn't raised in in that environment. My daddy was a sturdy man. He might be quiet as hell, but he gonna get the job done." You know, it's always the loud dude. You know what I'm talking about? You know those loud guys that will tell you all day like like what they're going to do and then they don't never do anything because they said it and they think they're saying it. It's the same as actually doing it. I don't respect that really, honestly. And I think that sometimes with hip-hop music, that's what's celebrated. It's like, oh, well, he's acting brave and bold and bad and saying that he's the greatest thing since sliced chicken. But then when the, when the shit really hits the fan, when it's really time to show and prove and deliver and show some results, they can't always do that. They can show you like another album, right? But I don't give a shit. We got a million albums out here. We, everybody's making music. Who cares, right? Uh, but but you know, if you're a rapper and you come from a hood and you took you did a video in the hood with you know you know you know those hood videos where you got grown ass men riding bi- riding bicycles and with wife beaters on and little kid little dirty kids you know like 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 looking hood like holding a bologna sandwich with a gold chain around his neck you know whatever with a little pit bull on the side of you know just like look at me I'm so hood I'm so hood and I'm driving my my Bentley through the hood I feel like there needs to be a, an elevation of that ideology right to say okay it used to be the hood but now that I done came up it's not the hood anymore now that I came up I've, I've put, you know, 10 businesses in this hood and everybody in this hood is owning the land in the hood. Everybody in this hood has 
opportunities, economic opportunities in the hood. Um, you know, uh, when I've sat with some of these individuals, I, and Kanye and Cube aren't the only two I've sat with. I've sat with other people that have heavy influence. And I've said, you know, uh, you look at the hood, you have a trillion dollars worth of human capital right there in the hood that's being wasted. You have a trillion dollars worth of young black people that are smart, young black people that have potential, young black people that know how to hustle, young black people who are ready to go. And here's one of the things you could easily do. You could go in and uh, pay attention to what they're doing to recruit black boys to become basketball players. What do they do when they want little black boys to grow up and become NFL players and NBA stars? They put these little camps all in every hood in America. There's no hood in America right now you can't go to where you won't find uh, some little peewee football league or some little, give me a guess if you know what I'm talking about, some little little basketball league, some little AAU, little, little Adidas camps, right? Like they just you know, sniffing through the hood, looking for the next superstar who's the next negro that's gonna make us money right that's what they do and oh you you got a son he's six years old he's a little tall for his age Ooh, he should be playing basketball you wait our son our son is six foot six you know obviously i'm not his biological father but he's my son he's a freshman in college and he everywhere he goes they're like dang you ain't playing basketball you wasting all that height i'm like what the hell are you talking about this boy's a genius he got one of the highest math scores ever on his entrance exam and that's all you could talk about is the fact that he's a waste because he's not dribbling a basketball for white people why don't you get out of get out of here with that nonsense that's brainwashing i mean basketball is cool i like basketball i played it i was good at it but shit i mean there's a million things a black boy can do besides play basketball so stop that stop that but where does that come from i want you to just stop for pause for a minute and ask where does that come from well it comes from the fact that they develop systems that have created a culture they develop systems where they're always going to find the next lebron james because they are scouring every hood in america to find those kids and develop them into football players they and for every one lebron james they get they're going to get nine for every one out of a thousand one out of the thousand will become LeBron. The other 999 will become LeBron wannabes. All guys who think they're going to be the next LeBron, but never will be. It's the same way they go and they mine for gold. Did y'all notice when they go mine for gold, they'll go on a mountain and they will get like two or three tons of dirt. And out of that two or three tons of dirt, they will get just a little tiny bit of gold. And then the rest the dirt, they just throw it away. They do something else with it. Right. So that's what they do in the hood. They scoop through. They get thousands of kids. And out of those three thousand kids, they find that one LeBron, that one Steph Curry, that one NFL superstar. Right. And and the other, you know, the other two, three thousand. It's like, well, OK, it's like a waste product, like a waste product, like how you, you can make a chemical and you, you have the, the stuff you need. And then you have the waste and you dump the chemical waste and they dump these kids back in the hood with no skills, no nothing, whatever. These are our kids. Right. These are our kids. And that human capital. That trillion dollars worth of human capital is still in our communities. It is up to us to find a process to develop that human capital. And I don't believe that the pathway is to just simply develop more basketball and football players. Right. I, but I do think there's an opportunity to develop that human capital by saying, OK, what if we had entrepreneurship training camps in every hood in America? What if Kanye took his billion dollars? Because Kanye, when we talked on the phone, Kanye was very quick to tell me that he he said Forbes says I'm only worth one billion, but really I'm worth four or five billion. I thought he, I, I just kind of said, whatever, I don't care how much money you, I'm, I'm worth some money, but I'm not worth a billion dollars, but I have enough money and you have money. Good for you. Congratulations. This is great. But I just don't give a shit about that. I, that, I don't know why we're even mentioning that. Right. But it wasn't disrespectful. It's like, oh, that's nice. Good for you. Good for you. Right. And, uh, and he bought 
lot of land with the, with the money and stuff like that. And it turns out he was worth more than what Forbes said. I think they, they did announce he was worth a little bit more. When I looked up his net worth, it says about $1.8 That's really cool. But then the question is, okay, so with great power comes great responsibility. So with that, when you tell me you're worth a, you know, a couple billion dollars, are you simply telling me this because you want to celebrate the greatness of Kanye West? Right. And this is not something I'm, I'm, I'm in any way being critical of him for. I'm not criticizing him because I told you he's cool with me when he would when he tweeted Dr. Claude Anderson to his Twitter followers. He, and without me even asking him really to do that specific thing, I said, OK, thank you. I, I respect you for that. Right. So he's good with me. Kanye's good with me because Kanye, get, he lives his he lives his truth. Right. I respect anybody who is honest with the world about who they are and isn't afraid. And Kanye is at the top of that list. But 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 the question becomes. When I'm a rapper and I rap about, look at me, look at me, I am rich, I am rich. What the fuck does that mean for the black community? What, why should we care how many Bentleys you got in the garage and how many, you know, how many houses you own? I mean, wh- why, what does that do for anybody, right? Now, now, what you can, what I'd like to hear you maybe consider rapping about is, I'm like, I'm the next Elon Musk and I have 80,000 employees in my organization who are coming from hoods all across America. Well then shit, that that's a, that's a burst. That's that's bars, fool. That like that's bars. Like like I'll be like, "Oh, whoa, let me get that album." Right? Rap to me about that. Rap to me about incessant job creation in the hood that you come from. If you Jay-Z and you rap about the Marcy projects and you're you're using the credibility, you're sucking, you're taking the human capital that comes or you're taking the reputation capital that comes from being from the Marcy projects because white people love to hear Black men from the hood rap about tales from the hood. That's what they pay for. They're like, tell us more stories about how horrible it is to be black and how you almost got shot eight times and how you'll kill a black person in a second or whatever. Right. They like that. Like that's entertainment for them because they they typecast you. Right. And they pay you lots of money for that. And you think that it's like some worthy endeavor because you're making money from it because we have this false association between money and value. We think that because I'm making lots of money, I am a value added member of society, which is not true because if that were true, then teachers would all be making over a million dollars a year. Mothers and fathers, the real fathers in the in, in the community, will be making a million dollars a year. Soldiers will be making a million dollars a year because there's no greater sacrifice than to be willing to put your life on the line for something you believe in. Shout out to the veterans, shout out to the parents, shout out to the teachers, shout out to the social workers, shout out to the to the to the fake the, the, the play mamas and the stepdaddies and the and the and the and the and the and the women that went down and worked at the orphanages and loved the babies that weren't even this. Shout out to all of y'all because you're the real value-added people in the community. Well, why is that? Because you represent the Dondas. This is circling back to Donda. Y'all know me. I got to tell the whole story as I circle back to the point. This represents the Dondas in the community because here's the deal. I wanted to talk about Donda because Donda, that's when Kanye speaks, when he's, when he was talking to me about powernomics, I didn't hear, I didn't hear Kanye talking. I heard Donda talking to me from the grave. Do you know that Donda West, Kanye's mother was a professor she was the chair of the English department at Morris Brown University before she went down to Chicago State. Did y'all know that? She was a professor just like me. She was a full professor of English, just like my wife is a full professor of social work, just like Dr. Claude Anderson's wife is a professor, just like my wife's father was a professor in Chicago, right? Like there's a way of thinking. See, see this is the problem. The reason you don't hear these things very much is because 
white people don't want you to hear from your scholars and your thinkers and your people that do critical analysis. They want you to hear from rappers who can't spell their own name. They want you to hear from people that don't understand things like white supremacy. So when Kanye talks, when he's not being, you know, whatever, whatever he what is that, that makes him a great rapper, that's wonderful. It's iconic, but that's for white people. That's for people that'll spend three hundred dollars for some Air Yeezy shoes. I ain't buying none of that shit. No disrespect, but I'm never gonna buy spend three hundred dollars on your shoes just because you iconic. God bless you, but that's not. I'm not in your target demographic. But when he was talking, and we were on the phone, and he's talking about poweronomics, and he's talking about the black community, or he's out speaking and he's he's talking about why the democratic party is a plantation um i get that i'm hearing donda i'm hearing dr donda west coming out of his mouth now all that old you know trump is my boy stuff that's showmanship to me that's not that's buffoonery i'm not interested in that but that part where he's talking about what black people need to do and he's turning himself into a teacher i honor that because i'm sitting there like damn that's donda go donda Tell them what you think, Donda. I want to hear more Donda, right? And 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 I understand the Donda spirit very well because I got my own Donda. My Donda is right behind me. My Donda is named Felicia. That's my grandmother. My grandmother, Felicia, was the first person who ever taught me anything about economics. She's the first person that ever taught me compound interest because she used to buy me savings bonds. And I did not understand how money could grow, how you could spend $50 on a savings bond and it could be worth a hundred dollars a few years later. That didn't make sense to me. And she explained compound interest to me. She never went to college. Uh, she had a two year associate's degree. She never made more than $22,000 a year, but yet she had more money than anybody else in the family. She had perfect credit. I saw people that made $100,000 a year have to go to my grandma to borrow money because she understood that it's not the amount of money you make that matters. It's the amount of money you keep. And when my grandmother died, when my Donda, AKA Felicia, when she died, I named, I named our, our Panther in the black business school, Felicia, after my grandmother, because I could bring her spirit with me everywhere I go. So, so when I'm talking to you, I'm not, it's not really voice talking. It's a lot of it's Felicia talking. Okay. I, I, I remember writing articles for places like Essence Magazine and calling my grandmother after I had my PhD and talking to her about old school methods of managing money that allowed this single mother of five kids to never, ever have a financial problem. Right. That's not common. That's not common. Y'all know how it is. You you hear so many financial horror stories in your own families that come from people not understanding the fundamentals and the mindset that comes with managing your money properly. Right. So 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 I honor Donda and I, I love the fact that that he named the album after his mother. I think it's a wonderful tribute. And I really want you to understand the impact that this woman had. Uh you know, even though she died many, many years ago, I think she died 2007. And, and the other thing you want to pick up from this, in my view, is you want to understand that many of you are the Dondas for your own children. You know, some of you are the male version of a Donda. You're planting seeds. Some of some, you may look at your life and you may just say, damn, man, I'm not I'm not able to make an impact or I started my business and it's not taking off or I'm trying to get people to hear me and nobody's listening to me. Well, your little Kanye may be listening to you and taking notes. And, and, and the thing about it is, if you process this, right, Donda was born in 1949. She uh, died in 2007. So Donda probably didn't know when she was dealing with raising Kanye. Kanye was born in 1977. So when she moved Kanye to Chicago at the age of three in 1980 and was putting things in his spirit and in his mind, she had no idea that 40 years later, 
the world will be talking about her son after he names his album after her, after he sold 160 million other albums in addition to the one he just made. She had no idea that her ideas will be changing the world. So I think Tupac actually said that. I can't, I don't know if I can change the world, but I can change the mind of somebody who will change the world. So a lot of you are in that category. A lot of you have a little Kanye that you're developing. You're developing this child to have a free spirit. Uh, you're developing this child to have a, to have critical thinking skill. You're developing this child to be a leader. And this child is going to do things beyond anything you could ever imagine. So you can't, you can't, is, my point is like this, it, it's very hard. It would have been very hard for her in 1980 to see the impact that her words would have in the year 2021. So it's very, very hard for you in the year 2021 to see the impact that your words will have in the year 2060. <clears throat> Give me a yes in the chat if you follow what I'm saying. Let's pause for a moment because I want you to really <clears throat> meditate on that point. Meditate on that point. You're, you're planting seeds now that are going to harvest in ways that you cannot imagine. And it requires faith for you to understand that, look, if you do the right thing and you're really pouring into these babies and investing in these kids, it's going to pay off in a, in a magnificent way. So, so that is your seed. That is your gold in the backyard. That is your buried treasure. Your buried treasure is your family. Your buried treasure are those children. Your buried treasure are the little people that are hearing you when you're taking time to spend with them while they're young. Those are the ones who are going to take care of you when you get older. You don't think that, you know, I mean, I know Donda died from a, a plastic surgery type thing, but you don't think that when Kanye got rich, that he wasn't there to, to give his mama anything she wanted? Right. You don't think now my, my, my father took care of me. He met me when I was two and married my mother when I was three. He was the, the stepdaddy. You know, they have this whole weird culture where they think being a stepdaddy is bad because these are a bunch of selfish dudes who don't care about anybody but themselves. Whatever. Don't be a stepdad. If you don't want to. That's fine. Maybe you're not built for that. But understand this. There's nothing that my father wants that he cannot have. When he wanted a new car, I bought him a car, a brand new car with cash, no car note. When he wanted his house paid off, I said, how much is it, Dad? I'll send you the check. When he wants to go on a vacation, it ain't nothing but a thing. Well, let, me get on, let me get on the phone with my assistant and make the reservation. So when you pour into your children, they will pour into you. Investing is not just about money. Your biggest investments are in people. So when I see Donda, when I saw Donda, I, I don't get caught up in the hype of Kanye. I, I think it's, I, I see it. It's all a show. It's all a game, right? God bless him. I hope he sells a trillion more albums. I hope he makes another gazillion dollars. But when I saw the name Donda, I said, ah, look at that. She's smiling in heaven right now. That's that's a beautiful thing. Um, Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. And I want to acknowledge and say thank you to more AJ. She says, put your money where your mouth is, show improve community empowerment. Don't leave the hood, improve the hood. Love the topic. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. I think that, you know, I think that with with artists, I think that they and I think that they're hearing this. Right. Um, I have a, I have artists that love me, some that hate me, but I know that they all hear me. And even the ones that hate me respond to people like me. And I think that because they know that I'm right. You may think I'm a son of a bitch, but you know that I'm right. We got to get past this era of rappers simply sitting back as narcissists bragging about how great they are and how much better they are than you. Yeah, I, I, I personally will say that uh, that they should be held to accountable to some extent to say like, OK, you're using your blackness, you're marketing your blackness to the world and you're making lots of money from that because white people are glad to, to pay money to see a black man get up and brag about himself and talk about the hood and, and, and all these other things. But there's a point where, you know, something should be shown from that. Right. And I'm not here to tell anybody what to do or how to do it. I'm just here to say 
that you have to have a standard. You can't just sit back and clap just because white people put some dude on TV. And because that doesn't do anything for us in terms of the struggle that, that we're having right now. And uh, and in terms of um, artists, you know, I, I can say that, you know, some of the artists take it the right way. Some don't. Uh, there, there's a, I was actually had the weird, awkward honor of being on a Kanye West album one time. He did a song with a guy named Tyler, the creator and Tyler, the creator. Uh, has been mad at me since 2013, and you can Google it. I'm not gonna go through the whole story, but um, but he he literally out of the blue at the end of the album, he just yells, "Voice Watkins is a bitch," <laughs> and I just and so my kids are like, "Why did he call you a bitch at the end of the album?" I said, "Because he's a little whippy ass little boy who never had a daddy, who doesn't understand masculine leadership, and when." Uh, I checked him as a black man on a certain issue. Uh, it hurt his feelings and he's still mad about that. And that's what it is. That's literally what it is. If he had a father, he would have understood ex stood exactly what I was saying years ago, but he doesn't. And so, and, and, and when white folks give you all that money, you don't think you have to listen to black people in the community. You think you're better than black people because you're rich now. And that's the, the white supremacy in the room. The white supremacy says that if white people pay me money and put me on TV, then black people don't matter. I can ignore them. And our feeling is like, no, no, you can't. You ain't never going to ignore our, us because we have a voice, too. And we're going to speak on that. So, um, so it, you know, if he ever wants to call me and ask me exactly why I did what I did, I'll gladly explain it to him. When my son went to a Tyler, the Creator concert, he said, are you going to be mad that I'm going? Are you mad? that I'm going to see Tyler, the creator. I said, no, he's very talented. But at the same time, there's a responsibility that comes with the power that you have. You are seen and heard all around the world. So act like you got some goddamn sense. Like, seriously, like, you know, it, it, that's, that's all it is. Just, just don't disrespect the community and we'll be okay. So <clears throat> anyway, um, by the way, I want to remind everybody, um, uh, the all black national convention happens at the end of October. If you'd like to join us, you can go to all convention.com. We're going to be, um, in Orlando at the end of October, October 29th through November 1st, we are booking a lot of great people. And we're actually going to do a lot of conversation about pandemic politics and what's going on with, with these, you know, government jabs. If you know what I'm talking about, I shared that video, with Dr. Christina Parks and YouTube blocked the video and banned the channel for a week because they said it was medical misinformation. Now I will say though, the good news is that I wrote them back and I said, this woman has a PhD from the University of Michigan. She was testifying before the Michigan House of Representatives. How is this medical misinformation? And YouTube actually lifted the ban. That's the first time they've ever lifted a ban uh, on any, any content. So that, that worked out. But I think that there's a whole conversation needs to be had about that. So we're bringing in experts in different areas like Queen of Fool. I don't know if you all know Queen of Fool, uh, but I'm talking to her and I'm hoping to get her down there and a lot of other great people. And so uh, if you want to participate in the convention, go to allblacknationalconvention.com. The URL's on the screen, uh, allblacknationalconvention.com. And this is where you can get your discounted hotel uh, at abnchotel.com. We have a few rooms at a huge discount, so feel free uh, to do that. It's a beautiful resort. You're going to have a great time. Now, one of the other things I, I like about Kanye in terms of what he's doing is that he um, is a guy who, uh, who who's really used his platform to basically say, you don't have to be a Democrat. You don't have to be a Republican. You can be whatever the hell you want to be. Uh, I don't see why that's a controversial argument. I don't see why that's a controversial statement to simply say black people should be free. Uh, he's not saying black people should all be Republicans. He's saying you don't have to be Democrats. You don't have to be Republicans. You don't have to be anything. I like that message. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> and one of the things you might want to pay attention to is when you're seeing the civil rights superstars now, like now I think they're marching for voting rights. And I'm not making fun of that. But one of the real questions about voting rights you must ask is, 
why do we march for voting rights when we're simply going to put you in power so you can do whatever you want to do? Your voting rights are not for black people. Voting rights are for white people. Voting rights are for the people that are running the Democratic Party. Because you see right now, Joe Biden has acted like the black community does not exist. During the whole election cycle, when you have people like Ice Cube and, and to some extent Kanye in his own uh, awkward way, you know, kind of saying, you know, hey, look, we want something for our vote. They didn't want to do anything. I think they told Ice Cube, we'll meet you after the election. That meeting never happened. They never called him back. Uh, that is about as disrespectful as you could be. So this idea that somehow that there are still people that think we should be up there marching for the voting rights to keep oppressors in power who are completely ignoring the black community is about as asinine and ridiculous as you as you can get like that literally see borders on that line of, of mental illness, actually, where you somehow think that. Um, that this is this is the best strategy for black people. So I like the fact that Kanye kind of shook things up in that area. I thought that was great because again, when he's out here rapping for Trump and and meeting with Trump, and and I'm not saying I agree with that. I mean, but 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 people were so outraged, but they wouldn't have been outraged if he was buck dancing for Biden, right? When if he was holding the, the Biden uh, Biden Harris concert, everybody would think that was okay. But if he's doing something with Trump, it's like, oh no, no, you can't do that. Well, that implies ownership. That's the Democrats saying we own those Negroes. They can't go anywhere. That's our property. Well, that's called motherfucking slavery, black people. So please grow out of that nonsense. It's ridiculous. It makes us look just completely asinine. So anyway, with that being said, though, but again, but if you want to know my conclusion, my conclusion, just to be 100 percent clear, is that you can vote for whoever you want to. You could do whatever works best for you. Anybody who has a problem with you doing what's best for you is a person that has a problem with freedom. If you want to know why ancestors died, they died for you to be free, not for you to be told to do what to do or to have a bigger, better pimp. Right. We didn't sign up for no more pimping. We want if you if, whatever decision you make, I'm going to support you on that period. So with that, be all, another uh, couple of thoughts on Kanye. Um, I, I, I was kind of, you know, I always ask questions about like, where's the daddy at and stuff like that. I know that Donda had gotten married to a guy. I think he was a photographer. I don't remember his first name, but uh, they got divorced when Kanye was young. And I think that might have been the reason why they moved from Atlanta to Chicago when he was three. Uh, also. Um, the Kanye, in terms of uh, black billionaires, if you want to know where he ranks in black billionaires, uh, there's a guy named Akila Dangote, who's worth four, $14.4 I think he's out of Nigeria. I'm actually a third Nigerian, so shout out to us Nigerians. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to claim my Nigerian blood because Nigerians are some badass people in, in you know in terms of family and, and and being extremely good at what they do um but also i, I claim you know who i am as a, as a black man in america of course uh and uh also in terms of where his money is this is another little point i want to make to you guys um so if you want to break down his his billions most of his money comes from the deal he has with adidas uh with the yeezy shoes and all that but he also invested with his wife kim he inv invested in kim's uh something called a skims shapewear line and, uh, and so he invested in that. And he also has one hundred and twenty two million dollars in cash and stock, along with one hundred and ten million dollars from his music catalog. So so if you process it this way, the, the only a fraction, a tiny fraction of Kanye West's money comes from, um, you know, actual music. Right. Most of his money comes from the fact that he's this iconic brand that's able to sell a product. Also, a lot of it comes from investments that he made into other people's stuff. Also, his marriage to his wife, Kim was, in my view, similar to Jay-Z, Beyonce's marriage, uh, maybe even Michelle Barack, where uh, there's a way that wealth, that powerful, wealthy families think about marriage. They think about it as more than just 
I love you. You love me. I think you're cute and whatever. You have a nice booty. It goes, de- it goes into, you know, merging empires. And so if you, uh, one interesting thing about Kim Kardashian would like it or like it or hate it. It's, it's up to you. I spoke uh, for a long time with a brother who ran a, a site called Bossip. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember, give me a yes. If you know, Bossip, uh, his name was Jamarlin Martin and Jamarlin, uh, once I hope you don't mind me sharing the story, but he told me that back in the day when Kim Kardashian was kind of just a nobody, nobody knew who she was, nobody cared. Kim was very strategic about building her brand. Like she was very um, non-emotional about what people said about her. She uh, would call them every day and give them stories and leads. She would volunteer and give them content to use on the platform because she knew that Bossit was one of the ways that she could get her name out there. And uh, and I remember hearing that story and I was actually impressed with with that sort of very strategic thinking that led her to become, you know, whatever she is now, because really, I mean, if you want to really criticize Kim Kardashian, you could literally say she's famous for like doing pretty much nothing. Right. I, you know, I mean, really like she can't sing, can't dance, can't, you know, like nothing. Right. But she's doing something obviously because she's a billionaire. She's worth 1.2 billion. I think her sister Kylie's worth a billion. And now you're seeing this transformation, trans this, this generational wealth process occurring on multiple levels, uh, not just in terms of parent to child, because the kids are set. We know this. But also you have sibling to sibling. You see, when one person in the family gets put on and becomes successful, you 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 build a ladder and you pull up the other sibling and the other sibling. Right. That's what I did with my brother. That's what that's what you do with relatives. That's part of the nature of family business. And actually, uh, in the at the all black national convention, I'm bringing in. Uh, a guy uh, named John Boyd, who is the father of Victory Boyd, who's the greatest singer ever. She's such a great singer that Jay-Z heard her sing for the first time and literally signed her on the spot, signed the whole family. Like the, and, and the family operates their, their group called um, Infinity Song. And they're, they remind me of the Jackson 5 because it's like, I think eight, eight, I think he has nine kids. I think eight or nine of them all sing together and they all make money together and do business together. And I told John, I said, Uh, Was there a process? Was there a strategy for getting your whole family on board on the same project where they can work together and become great together? He said, yes. And so I said, will you come to the convention and actually do a lecture, like break that down so that we can understand how to how to bring those resources together? Because the thing you have to understand is that your family is part of your wealth. You know, and I mentioned that to you guys, like, you know, it, 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 you know, and I want to really address anybody who's actually been confused that I talk about relationships a lot on this channel, because the more I study wealth, the more I realize, wait a minute, it's all about relationships, right? Because you can't tell me, I bet you anything, Kanye, if, if Kanye had not married Kim, he wouldn't be a billionaire. You know, th- there's something about that union that, and I'm, I'd love to talk to either one of them about this just to understand it specifically, but there's something about that union that allows them to, to sort of piggyback and elevate each other. And I see that. You see that with Jay-Z Beyonce. You see that with Michelle Barack, how they were kind of, they, they were helping each other build their own brands. Michelle's worth probably 400 million. Barack is worth about 400 million. Uh, Alicia and I work together on things. You know, I married a smart black woman for a reason. I didn't want to marry a hood rat with a big booty. I wanted to marry somebody that was able to actually help me to become a better version of what I was before. Right. So so marriage to some extent is strategic. Now, do I know with this particular marriage? I don't know the details of it. I, I don't know the good and the bad. And, and I'm sure that the divorce is going to cost some money. But you did notice that Kim showed up and, and actually participated in the promotion of Kanye's album. So it, it says to me that there's something there that says, 
okay, look, you know, we might not want to have the, this kind of marriage, but we do see value in having each other in, in each other's space because it could have got messy. It could have became something where Kim is suing Kanye, Kanye suing Kim. They're talking smack about each other on social media and destroying each other's brands. But instead, they are strategically still supporting each other in a partnership capacity, which is something you may want to peep out if you're really talking about how you go about picking your part, the right partner for you. Okay. So those are just some thoughts. Um, again, the, the uh, URL for the convention is allblacknationalconvention.com. I hope you guys will come and join us. And uh, also, I want to remind everybody that if you want to get a free copy of my book, I wrote a book called It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar. Uh, you can get a free copy by going to allblackeconomics.com. That's allblackeconomics.com. And uh, hit the thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button on your way out. And I want to give a shout out to all the Dondas out here. Um, who are who are raising the little Kanye's? I was a little bit of a Kanye when I was a kid. Let me tell you a quick little story. But when I was a, when I was five, my mother, um, you know, was very young. My mother was probably about twenty two, and uh, maybe t- yeah, about twenty two years old. And uh, the teacher, my kindergarten teacher, told my mother it was a wh- young white lady, and she told my mother she said. Uh, your son won't sit down. He he stands up and he walks around the classroom and I'm trying to teach and it drives me crazy. And it was making me mad one day. So I said, I'm gonna teach him a lesson. So what she did was she said that she let me get up and walk around, right? She, she was teaching and putting stuff on the board and she let me walk around and, and dance and play and do whatever I was doing. And she said, I'm going to embarrass him by asking him to repeat to me everything I just taught the whole class. And she said, do you know that he recited every single thing I had taught the whole class. And, uh, and and it's a funny story because I still do that to this day. Like I'll be talking to my wife and, she, and I'll be multitasking and she thinks I'm not hearing it, but it's because that's how my brain works. I, I, I'm kind of always doing a couple things at once. And and so one thing that my mother said, and this might help some of y'all, the, the Dondas in the world, and mother and the male and female Dondas, right? Because you know, I know that I I I honored the, the importance of the father, right? I believe that we have more daddies, our community would be stronger. I believe the loss of the daddy is one of the reasons that we've lost so much in our community. So I'm talking to the male and the female Dondas out here. Um, you might be raising like a little Kanye. And one thing that this lady told my mother was she said, Your son is gonna have a hard time in public school. When it's when they tell him to sit down and shut up and all this other stuff, he's going to really struggle with that. And they're probably going to try to put him in special ed, ed, special ed classes and put him on medication. And she said, do not allow them to do that to your son because there is nothing wrong with him. He's very smart, et cetera. So when I got to public school and I couldn't sit down, I couldn't focus. I was going to sleep. I was getting up, doing whatever I wanted to do because I was really bored. Uh, they did that. They tried to put me on medication. They tried to put me in special classes. And my mother said, you you better not do that. She went there and she said, I will fight you all the way to the school board. If you try to put my child on that medication, if you put my child in that special class, we're not doing that today. So my mother was my Donda. My mother, like a lot of you, some of you shout out, shout the name of your mama if you or your father. If you had a parent that was like that cheerleader for you, that cheerleader, that guardian. Right. And uh, and that's what my mother did for me. And my father was a guardian, too. My father held it down in the household in other ways. And years later, when I went on and became whatever I am, when I you know, finished my Ph.D. and all this other stuff, I realized how important that guardianship was in me being allowed to develop into who I was. So to some extent, maybe that's the reason that I can relate to a Kanye is because I'm a little bit of a scholar version of a Kanye, right? I'm not a musical genius like him. Uh, you know, white people don't like me as much, but shit, I, I say things that made people say, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. I have this desire and passion to engage in free expression, even if it pisses you off, right? And I encourage you when you have the little Kanye's, 
kind of, you know, kind of help them use that energy in a productive and a positive way because I, I because you might actually have a kid who is wired and shaped to change the world. Don't crush that spirit, nurture it and make it strong so that that child can go out and do great things. Okay. All right. So that's my two cents. Hit that thumbs up button, please. Before you go, please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Allblackeconomics.com is where you can get a free copy of my book. If you want to go there and take a look and, and download it, it's totally free. And uh, it's called It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar. And also, uh, if you want free information on investing from the Black Business School and all that stuff, you can actually go to firstshareofstock.com. That's firstshareofstock.com. So God bless you, everybody. Please have a wonderful day. I will see you soon. Take care. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.